like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have uh, Paul Andrew Smith on the line, and this is a very special Reunion 2020 episode. That's where I bring on guests I've had on the past, and uh, I like them so much I brought them back for a second uh, convo. Um, that being said, uh, Paul is the Managing Director over at Storymakers, LLC. So, Paul, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back on, Adam. It's good to be here. All right. I'm excited to get into your new book that you have out, 10 Stories Great Leaders Tell. Um, but before we do that, let's just give the audience an overview of what you're up to over at Storymakers, LLC. So, first, uh, tell us a little bit more about the company, please. Yeah, so I, I spent a fair amount of my time writing books. I think that's my uh, fifth book, but really what I, I, uh, I do there is teach leaders, executives, salespeople, marketers how to be better at their job through the art and the science of storytelling. So I end up teaching uh, you know, full-day training classes or giving a keynote or, or one-on-one coaching with executives, but mostly centered around how they can tell better stories to be more effective at their job. What are the um, the right type of executives and or companies to contact storymakers just so they know if they're a good fit? Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't want to say everybody and anybody, but I, I actually do have clients in just about every industry you can imagine, and just about every size, from Fortune 50, you know, down to uh, single proprietors. So I, I have people that hire me as a coach for them, just one on one, and they're the only person in the company. So I really do have a broad gamut. But most of them are mid to large, mid-sized to large companies that have, you know. Th- thousands of employees that want, you know, a whole sales force trained on storytelling. Um, but like I said, I've got tiny companies as well that benefit from it as, uh, just as much. Awesome. Um, let's uh, let's switch it up. I want to get into the book. So 10 Stories Great Leaders Tell. Um, first off, um, how did you come up with the concept? Yeah, so I, the three or four other books I'd written before were all about storytelling as well. And, and I, I think I counted up and I'd covered 70 different types of stories that people need to tell either seventy know, seven tell. zero yeah yeah so exactly that was my reaction <laughs> yeah so oh, I, I don't know if I have seven <laughs> right well so a good leader needs a lot of stories um, but I admit that's a lot that's a lot to bite off if you're new to to trying to tell stories so I, I wanted to focus on you know what are the most important ten so that's kind of what led me uh, to you know, gosh you, I, I I owe my readers an answer to the question well, what are the most important ones that I should start with? And that's what this book is about, the most important 10 stories any leader ought to tell. All right, so now now you have me curious. So what's the list? Yeah, so uh, so the first four kind of go together. So they're, they're about who we are. I'm sorry, they're, they're about setting direction for the company. So that's where we came from. So that's a founding story. Why we can't stay there, that's a case for change story. Where we're going, which is a vision story, and how we're going to get there, which is a strategy story. The strategy is about getting from where you are now to where you want to be. So imagine a leader of a company being able to tell those four stories. They're, they're much more likely to get the organization to go where they where you want them to go, right? Um, but the next, so the next four kind of go together as well. But they're more about who we are as an organization. So it's what we believe, 
system, that's a corporate values story. Who we serve, so that's a customer story, a story about your customer so your fellow employees can really feel like they know them on a personal level. Um, number seven is what we do for our customers, so that's kind of a classical sales story or a customer success story. And number eight is how we're different from our competitors. And I call that a marketing story because marketing is usually about differentiating yourself from your competitors. So imagine you can tell those four stories. You can easily articulate uh, you know, who we are, who we serve, what we do for our customers, and how we're different from our competitors. Um, but there's two left, and they kind of go together as well. But they're more about you personally as the leader. So number nine is why I lead the way I do. So that's a personal leadership philosophy story. And number 10 is why you should want to work here, you being the person you're talking to, right, not you. But um, So that's a recruiting story because really it's every leader's job to, to bring in talented people to the organization and convince them to stay and, and do well. Right? It's not just the job of HR or recruiting. So those are the 10 that I came up with. Can you give us an example of one of the stories? Yeah. Yeah, so let me let me pick uh, the, that number nine, why I lead the way I do, so the personal leadership philosophy story. So um, the example in the book, and by the way, there's there's uh, you know one example of each of these in, in each of the chapters of the book, along with a few tips for how you can craft your own. So this one comes from a guy named Mike Figliolo, who um, uh, was uh, in West Point, so he's a uh, went into the army right after undergrad. So his first leadership experience was leading a, uh, a tank, so a platoon of tanks. And one of his first exercises, so this wasn't real combat, but a training exercise uh, out in California, um, and there were 400 tanks on one team and 400 on another, and they were going to go into simulated battle on a real battlefield. So instead of shooting you know, live ordinances at each other, of course, they were just shooting like you know laser beams or something that – you know, they could tell who got shot and who didn't. So basically, it's a giant game of laser tag, but with real tanks. And so he happened to be commanding. The it sounds tank. really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never done anything like this. Um, so he, he happened to be in command of the first tank on his side of the field. So there's literally going to be 399 tanks coming into battle behind him. And so, of course, he had to sit down with the commanding officer the night before and look at the map of the terrain and figure out the right battle plan and find the high ground and all that kind of stuff. And so... He does that. Next morning, the, the, the event starts. He's in his tank. They're racing out onto the field. He gets to the first place where he's got to make a decision which way to go, and he doesn't know what to do. Like, like apparently looking at a, a you know battlefield through the crack in a hatch going 40 miles an hour and getting shot at, apparently wow. looks different than it does in the <laughs> conference room on a map, right? Yeah. So he's, he's confused, and so he's got a choice to make. So he can either stop the tank get the map out, turn the light on, figure out the right thing to do, which might take, I don't know, 30 seconds, or he can just guess. Well, Mike chose option two. He yells out, driver, turn left. So the driver turns left, You know, even though Mike had no idea if that was the right thing to do. So driver turns left. A minute or so later, the, the light on, inside his uh, tank goes off, which means uh, you just got shot by a laser. You're dead. <laughs> so, they, you know, yeah, stop the tank, pop the hatch. Those guys get out. They're done for the day. So, well, of course, a few seconds later, tank number two, which, of course, followed him left, their light goes off. They're done for the day. Tank number three follows them. Their light goes off. They're done for the day. But, but tank number four saw three tanks turn left and get virtually shot and killed. So they realized that was a mistake. Tank number four turned right, and then 396 other tanks turned right, and they took the high ground and won the exercise. So, so Mike, what he learned from this experience, so he made a mistake, right? That, that was a, a leadership mistake. He should have turned right. 
But what he learned was that sometimes it's more important to make the wrong decision quickly than make the right decision slowly. Because imagine what would have happened if he had chosen option one and stopped the tank, turned the light on, got mm-hmm. the map out, and made the right decision to turn right. There would have been 400 tanks sitting there in a line waiting for him to make a decision. Sitting ducks, right? Like they would have all yeah. gotten slaughtered virtually. Right? Wow. So now, some, now this is a simulated battle, but sometimes in war and in life and in business, it's the same thing. If, if you're standing still, your competition is not. And sometimes you're better off just to make a decision, even if it's not the right one, because life will let you know pretty quickly that it was the wrong decision, right? You know, yeah. Some bad things will start to happen, and you'll go, oh, geez, I guess that was the wrong decision. I guess I should do something different, right? as opposed to going through six months of analysis paralysis, which you know, too many of us do. So that, that's an example of a, of a leadership philosophy story because it – it, it's a story that illustrates why you are the leader that you are today and helps people know what kind of leadership to expect from you. Man, Paul, I can uh, I can uh, sit here and ask you. I want I want nine more examples. I want one out of each because you're such a captivating storyteller. Yeah. But but this is what you call a cliffhanger. So for all that audience out there that right now you're pretty hooked on uh, on uh, Paul's story, go out and get that book. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Paul, if somebody uh, does want to pick up the book or also to uh, learn more um, about um, what you're doing over at Storymakers, what's the best way for them to follow up? Yeah, thanks. Probably my website. It's got a link to everything there, so that's leadwithastory.com. Fantastic. Um, well, Paul, congrats on the new book. Um, thank you for sharing one of the stories out of it, and uh, it's just, just awesome, awesome stuff there for everyone to learn from and to benefit um That being said, uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Without you, there's no show, so thank you for that. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, Leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. Do all those great things to do to support podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Paul, thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. 